This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm here to read you a few bedtime stories. First and foremost, I want to thank all of you who sent your well wishes to me and my family. I was seriously not expecting so many messages and emails and DMs full of love, and it really made the whole ordeal much easier knowing that my listeners are so kind. I really think we tend to curate our own audiences, and I think I must be doing something right if you're all so lovely. Oh, and go check out my guest episode on Homespun Haints, called Into the Time Slip. I played their trailer a few weeks back, and I was so honored to be a guest on the show. I got to talk to Becky and Diana about my own personal time slip story. So if you like our my true story episodes, that's what their show is. It's all true horse or true ghost stories and paranormal things. So go listen to me talk about time slips and again, all of my ghost encounters I've experienced over my life. And that's Homespun Haints, available on all podcast apps. I'll have a link in the show notes. I do want to say before we begin, Please read the trigger warnings this week. The second story of this episode has some very heavy themes of suicide. I made sure it was the second story, so if you'd like, you can listen to the first story of the episode, and after that, you can turn it off. If you don't want to risk it, then I totally understand, and I'll see you next week. Take care of yourself any way you need. So, this first story is by Beck. M, and it's called December Child. I pulled on my snow boots and dusted off my winter coat. I had been longing to take a walk in the mostly untouched snow since I had moved to Michigan. Though the area was known for harsh winters, power outages, and lack of service, the scenery from the mountains was beautiful and made the ordeal worthwhile. Tightening a thick scarf around my neck and a warm, fuzzy beanie over my head, I set out for a hopefully scenic walk. The sun was starting to fall behind the horizon by now, dousing the land in eerie shadows that twisted and turned in every direction. Despite the gloomy atmosphere, I still enjoyed the soft snow batting against my face like ice-cold fingertips brushing lovingly over my cheeks and the wind whistling in my ears. Suddenly, the once-alive forest 
grew silent. Odd, I thought. No longer could I hear squirrels getting the last of their fill for the cold days that awaited, or deer moving around, looking for spots of grass to munch on. Instead, just deafening silence. I shuddered and swiftly changed my path to the right instead of forward, and continued on. Maybe there was a storm approaching. I remember reading somewhere that a forest gets quiet when a storm is about to hit. Maybe changing courses would allow me to avoid it. After what seemed like hours, I halted in my tracks. I wasn't prepared for this. My breath quickened and spluttered like a dying engine as I pointed the flashlight forward. I was instantly blinded by the gleam of my flashlight reflecting off of rusted metal. I redirected my flashlight's beam, shining the light onto a tree, and stared. My hands shook, clenching and unclenching my fist in nervousness. The smashed remains of a car, nose to nose with a large looming tree, was sitting abandoned doors thrown open and bent. I had been right about the upcoming storm. Snow was pouring down in swift flakes, stinging my tender face. The sun was gone, setting below the tree line, mockingly slow, leaving me on my own to face whatever the fuck this was. Snow had long since drenched the seats and glass, and I jerked jolting to awareness as something thudded and landed with a splat on top of the car's sleek, black roof. I trailed the wet blob sliding down the windshield with my eyes. Blood covered the pane. The windshield had a wide, gaping hole smack dab in the center, as if something had been forced through it as the car collided against the tree trunk. I didn't want to think about it. The implications too morbid to fathom. The car was empty. Maybe the people were still around, assuming that there was more than just one person. Maybe there was hope for them. After all, the doors, they had been opened, and the car, it wasn't flipped over. They had a chance to escape. I circled around the vehicle, turning up with nothing. Flashlights, wrappers, and smokes were tossed around, but nothing looked like it had been moved other than that. There wasn't anything that proved that they were still alive. My heart sank, and I wanted to pull my hair with frustration. Mom had always told me I was too optimistic. Defeated, I looked back over the damage. Upon further inspection, there were... Drag marks leading away from the wreckage. That was definitely strange. Nothing else had been taken out of the car, so what was the purpose of dragging something for such a long distance instead of getting help immediately? I squinted, eyes still adjusting to the dark forest. I slipped my hand into my pocket, clutching at my pocket knife. I followed the tracks, my stomach dropping when I made out small flecks of blood 
dotting the ground. Silently, I walked through the tracks, making sure not to alert whoever was still lurking at the end of my presence to the best of my ability. Getting murdered tonight was most certainly not on my bucket list. At last, I saw a huddled-over figure. Soft sobs emitted from them, making my heart clench. As I approached, I could hear the man more clearly. He was still crying, his voice broken with thinly veiled agony. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He whirled around, looking more like a savage beast than a human. I suppose he heard my footsteps crunch the snow from behind him. I flinched, viciously ripping the pocket knife out of my jacket and pointing the blade at the man, prepared to defend myself. My baby. <gasps> please, please help me find my baby. He whispered face blotchy and red. I examined the man for any ill intent. Then my eyes fell onto his fingers for a long, hard moment. Bile rose in my throat at the sight. They were purple, eaten away by frostnip, which would soon turn into frostbite. His fingernails were chipped all to hell. Blood trickling down from the tips. I glanced at the mouth. The man's bloody fingerprints left indents in the soft blanket of frozen water. Most of it had been mud and rocks. I looked back at the man, whose eyes were wide and crazed. Please, he whispered again this time somehow even more desperately. I swallowed thickly. Maybe he was the owner of the car, but the drag marks were still a nagging thought. I didn't trust him. Hell, the guy was probably high off his rocker. But if I didn't help, a child's life would be at risk. I hesitantly nodded, determined. Fine, I'll help you, but if you so much as graze me, I will plunge this. I shook the knife into your throat. I didn't mean to come off so rude, but I had to. I had no idea what this man's intentions were. He nodded vigorously, satisfied, albeit wary. I knelt by him, watching him closely from the corner of my eye. I dug, not bothering to take my gloves off. They were replaceable. My fingers were not. I was beginning to sweat after a while. We had dug away the mound, revealing soft dirt from the moisture under it. Why were we digging again? If this man had lost his child, surely it wouldn't be under the ground. Right? As if it could have possibly buried itself? Maybe this was a prank. I stopped. Is this some kind of joke? 
The man's words became a blubbering, nonsensical mess. I shook my head, wanting to give up and just leave. Fuck this. I'm not falling victim to whatever fucked up prank this is. We've been digging for hours. The moon is already at its peak and there's no way someone could have just buried themselves, you sick freak. Oh, and getting an innocent child involved? What kind of parent are you? I spat, waving the knife in his face. A small tap, tap, tap interrupted us. Our eyes both grew wide, and the silence stretched on for what felt like an eternity. The taps became frantic scratching, like a dog's nails over tile. I felt nauseous, my mind whirling with possibilities. Should... shouldn't... what was under there... already... be dead? Isn't that why it was buried? A crack busted the silent bubble, making me jump back. From where I had been standing, waving a knife around like a freaking idiot, a hand stuck out. It was lifeless. Limp. Instantly falling to the side as soon as it was uncovered. It was so... so small. Almost withered away by the frostbite that turned the remaining skin black. I stared, motionless. How the hell was this possible? I was beginning to reevaluate the possibility of fiction and reality. The man didn't say a word. Frozen. He then began to laugh, almost jovially. Oh... Oh, 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 there you are, my boy. He chuckled, uncovering the rest of the corpse. I stepped back, crumbling to my knees as my stomach churned, expelling all of the contents it held a moment ago violently. Looking up through my tears, I pieced together the blurry image of the man, holding his child's shriveled, pale face in his hands, He embraced it in a hug before his hands reached up to the neck. Maybe this time you'll stay dead, he murmured cruelly. The sickening crack of the neck snapping in his large hands fills the still, silent forest, echoing off the trees and the mountains. Before we go on, I wanted to play you a trailer for a new show that I absolutely adore. This is not a paid ad. I actually reached out to them, to Marvin, about his new show called Midnightmare. Marvin's voice is like butter. Seriously, I know you'll be just as hooked as I was when I first heard it. I'll also put a link in the show notes. Enjoy. Good evening and welcome. To Midnightmare. 
a new horror podcast where I, Marvin Midnight, share original short horror stories so immersive you'll feel like you're really there. So join me if you want to be terrified. Follow us on our socials to get updates on future episodes. Our Instagram is at Midnightmare Podcast. And our Twitter is at Midnightmare Pod. You can listen to the show on Spotify, YouTube, or Anchor. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Last, but certainly not least, is a story by Eva Martinez. She said, I want to tell the listeners that this is one of my first horror stories, so it's very close to my heart, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed writing it. This is Again. They say I'm crazy, but that's not true. I'm human, just like the rest of them. So why was I singled out? When I tell you this story, you'll understand why I did what I did. You'll see I'm not the real villain here. I'm not crazy. My mom killed herself four months ago. Her suicide note pretty much said she was miserable with her life and couldn't go another day trapped in her misery. Pretty morbid, I know. But I did everything I could to move past the simmering hatred mixed with bile in the back of my throat. It burned to hold it back, but what can I say? Anything was better than mourning my dead, suicidal, cowardly mother. So I chose to hate her. Not miss her. Not remember her body hanging from the ceiling in the living room via the scarf I gave her for her birthday. I won't feel bad for finding her lifeless, cold, dead corpse hanging like a ceiling fan. I refused to mourn the woman who just gave up. I chose hatred. Hating her was easier than missing her. So when I finally got back to school, I was in a constant battle with my sanity. I had a constant urge to throw a chair at anyone and everyone who was happy. What did they do to deserve such happiness? The world is rigged. We're all just meant to play out as puppets. So imagine the restraint it took when Brody and his group of mindless monkeys that worshipped the very ground he walked on decided that I haven't been tortured enough. It started with little things, just a follow in your mom's footsteps here, and a imagine being so unlovable even your own mother has to kill herself to escape you there. I pretty much punched, kicked, and basically attacked anyone who made any kind of comment about my dear, 
old mommy. Until I got suspended. I guess getting in fights is disrupting the safe learning environment. And of course, the school never believed that Brody could be so cruel as to make fun of my mother's tragic passing. I was miserable, and Brody and his drone's torture got worse. It quickly became popping balloons of fake blood on my face (laughs) and scarves tied in strategic nooses placed on my desk each morning. He even went as far as to hang a doll by the neck in my locker, swinging like a pendulum back and forth, back and forth. The burning hate in the back of my throat grew with every passing day until the day when it finally all came pouring out at once. The day I made everyone see what I was capable of. My best friend Lucy had picked me up that day. She said I needed to loosen up, that my life would be easier if I just let go of the hate, just mourned and moved on, maybe even laughed at one of Brody's jokes. I was never going to, but she was all I had. So if she wanted to go out and have me pretend like I'm normal, like I wasn't a simmering pile of hate, one spark away from exploding and taking everything in my path down to hell with me, then I would. To be honest, I was one insult. One joke away from truly losing my sanity. And maybe that was a warning I should have given her. But hey, she was the one that really brought it upon herself. She said she was taking me to a party. But not any party. Brody's party. She said it was fine. That she wanted me to meet her new boyfriend. We would be in and out easy frickin' peasy. We approached the house at the end of a lifeless street. In the silent, cold, dead night. I couldn't understand why the party wasn't louder. Why there weren't people vomiting on the front porch. Even more suspicious, Lucy wouldn't even look at me as we approached the house. She didn't even have decency to even slightly warned me about the hell to come. She texted something on her phone and walked into the ominously dark house. At the end of the long, dark hallway was Brody. She ran up to him, wrapping her arms around him, laying a kiss directly on his lips as he stared me down with the biggest smirk on his face. My stomach dropped. My heart sank. And I started to piece together what was going on. As she broke off from him, she turned to smirk at me like they were the Bonnie and Clyde of bullies. I was paralyzed. I couldn't move toward them, but I couldn't run either. My palms sweated as Brody finally spoke. 
Hey, I'm so glad you could make it. Come, I want to show you my living room. He started walking toward me, and my heart started to beat faster and faster. I finally turned to make a run for it, but I was too late. He grabbed my wrist and began to drag me down the dark hallway. As my heart beat faster and faster, louder and louder, my stomach turned faster. We passed Lucy. She giggled and waved to me. We turned the corner. My heart stopped altogether. Hanging from the ceiling was a dummy wearing a dress my mom used to wear to church. A soft yellow with a pastel green leaf pattern on the long, flowy picnic dress. Even blonde wig the exact shade of my mother's hair hanging hanging from the same scarf I gifted her almost a year ago I was stunned and the hate bile mixture in my throat finally flew out as I vomited on Brody's expensive carpet he began to scream at me for destroying his carpet and shoving his stupid phone in my face Recording for the whole school to laugh at me. If they wanted to laugh, I can make them laugh. I grabbed the phone in my face and threw it. I heard it crash into the TV across the room. But I didn't dare take my eyes off of Brody. He grabbed my wrist again. Not this time. I'm going to make you pay for that, you little... He shut up. When he realized, I wasn't crying. I was laughing. His grip loosened in shock. Big mistake. I grabbed his hair and pulled him to the floor with inhuman strength. I grabbed the glass vase on the table and threw it into the floor, smashing it into his head. He screamed as blood gushed from the large hole in his face. I picked up a glass shard the sharpest I could find. He screamed again as I held it up to his beautiful, chiseled face. His screams and cries for help caused his new girlfriend to rush to his rescue. The front was locked. I didn't know what they had planned for me, but it seems to have backfired. Not very long before she gets in, I said to the sobbing bot beneath me. We'll just have to make this quick then. I crawled onto his soon-to-be corpse with my makeshift blade. He shook. He cried. He pleaded and begged. But he couldn't move. He couldn't run as I ran the blade down his jawline. I began to cut the ends of his mouth until his smile reached his hairline. He went still as the door finally slammed open. I ran to the nearby kitchen when she made it to the living room floor. He had already created a pool of his own blood from the cuts my shattered glass had given him.
she screamed at the sight of his lifeless corpse. She began to care for his wounds, trying to revive him. I can't have that. He can't live. He's a bad person. Why does he deserve to live? I grabbed a knife from the knife block and approached my ex-BFF. Remember all the summers we spent laughing and playing games with my mother? Or the nights we cried together because Brody had shoved us into a puddle again? She looked at me, too stunned to speak, too stunned to move. But I kept creeping toward her. The years and years that we spent together, I never realized how quickly you could turn on me. She began to cry when she spotted the knife I was gripping so hard. My knuckles were turning white. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. It was just a prank. Not enough. You. I pointed the knife at her, and she began to back away, leaving her lifeless boy toy to fend for himself. You don't care about anyone but yourself. You don't deserve to live. You're worse than him. I pointed to the body, still bleeding on the floor. But I never took my eyes off Lucy. You are dead to me. I was whispering now. And it only makes sense if that's how you are for everyone. She was begging for her life. She was backed in a corner, begging for her life. It was just a joke. How pathetic. She has fallen so far, I thought, as I lunged forward and plunged the knife into her shoulder, which caused her to let out a scream that would make your ears bleed. She fell to the floor, but I didn't hear anything over my own thoughts. How did you fall so far? I plunged the knife into her chest as she began to scream louder and spewed blood all over Brody's expensive carpet. You used to be there for me. I pinned her against the floor, shoving her head into the wooden wall. You and me against the world, Lucy. I scraped the knife across her throat, and she stopped screaming and began to gargle on her own blood. Why did you have to turn against me? She was dead, but I once again plunged the knife into her chest. You turned against me. And again. You promised we'd be friends forever. And again. I guess that was a lie, too. And again. You lied. Again. To me. Again. For. Again. Him? I stabbed the knife into the wall behind her. I began to laugh as sirens rang in the distance. (laughs) 
I walked slowly over to the dummy on the noose and yanked it down. How fitting, I thought, as I stood on the coffee table directly beneath the scarf. I really am my mother's daughter. I slipped the scarf over my head. I smiled with warm, sticky blood on my hands. Maybe they were right. Maybe I am a little crazy. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much to my two authors this week, Beck M. and Eva Martinez. And thank you for sticking around. Again, go check out Homespun Haints if you want to hear me talk about real ghosts that I've seen. And go check out Midnightmare if you'd like another show that's kind of similar to mine. But if you want, you know, more of this, basically, with a different soothing voice. Uh, check out the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Scary to Sleep. I know I already had have it up top, but the live show tickets are still on sale. So check those out if you're anywhere near the Chicago area, or if you're going to be anywhere near there in November, November 10th specifically. Um, I do need to throw that in because my Patreon listeners, hello Patreon, you guys don't hear that first up top thing. So just a reminder, Patreon live show tickets um again go to the link tree in the show notes and you can purchase them there let's see what else uh it was a rough week yeah my for anyone who was wondering my grandma is doing a lot better better than we all expected and so that's great um yeah good news as soon as i got home i got sick again (laughs) i know i was sick a couple weeks ago and by the way, I had, I got some of your emails. It was not COVID. I had to get tested and I made sure to test, of course, before seeing my grandmother in the hospital. And I tested again a couple times this week thinking, oh my God, it has to be like, what is this? No, just, it's not, it's not COVID. It was some sort of cold, cold or flu. It felt like a cold a few weeks ago. This one this week felt different. I think it's just a lot of stress. I mentioned if you're on Patreon, I did a ramble, a new ramble. By the way, if you're not a Patreon patron, you can go and there is a series I do called Ramble You to Sleep that is not horror related. And there are no uh, sound effects. It's just me talking for an hour. It's also kind of got the unofficial title of Bore You to Sleep. But I mentioned I've had a pretty rough summer, things that I haven't mentioned on the main show. So I think just stress kind of overtook my body between the travel also, traveling by myself, driving very long distances by myself, and I got sick this week, and I also have a big deadline, so (laughs) it hasn't been my favorite birthday week I've ever had, Uh, but you know, we're we're hanging in there. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Uh, there are a lot, you know, I have a lot to be grateful for. So I'm, I'm just happy my grandma is feeling much better and that's all I can ask for really. So yeah, this week I did do some baking. Actually, I made some banana bread and it was very good. It is very good. I still have some. I just made it yesterday along with a pot of albondigas. It was what I wanted for my birthday dinner and 
I was, I couldn't really go anywhere because I didn't want to, whatever this sickness is, even though it's not COVID, I still don't want to go out anywhere. So I just kind of made what I had here and that was albendigas and uh, banana bread. (laughs) So that was great. Um, And yeah, what else is going on? In the world. I haven't been doing as many rambles. The first week it was because I was sick, and then last week it's because of medical emergencies. So if you enjoy these rambles at the end, I apologize that they've been a little shorter recently. I'm trying to, now I'm trying to get back into the groove of doing them. Oh, I can give you a little bit of updates. Um, Patreon, I'm going to be doing some work, some moving things around. Um, again, the letters, the $10 tier, those are going to be retired by the end of this week, honestly, um, because I know I'm still, I'm very behind on them. If you haven't gotten yours, it's because I haven't sent it, to be honest. I have not had time and it is coming though. It don't worry. And if it, I will let you know the day that I send them all out and then maybe like, wait like a week. If you're domestic international, maybe wait two weeks. And if you still haven't gotten one, let me know because honestly, Patreon their system. I've talked to other people on page. I've actually talked to Patreon about this in meetings I've been in. Their system for letting you know if you've sent rewards in or not is so antiquated. It's so bad. It's it'll tell you you've sent a reward and then you'll get an, a message 2 months later like, "Hey, I never got my sticker or my letter." And it's like, "Okay, well Patreon said you did. I'm so sorry." So, it's part human error on my part and part patreon's website and so i really apologize it's a deadly ugly combination which is one reason i'm going to be reworking that's a that's a hard word for me to say reworking the reward system and don't worry it's not going to get like worse or anything i just can't keep up with the letters are very like involved um for those of you who've received them it's always on different stationery no two are the same. A lot of times I will like dye my own paper and make them look as cool as I can. I use a fountain pen. It's and like, uh, do the wax seal. It's all super cool. And I enjoy doing it. I just can't keep up with them though. And it's not fair. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to you as patrons to have to wait so long because of me, you know? So yeah, that's the only reason I'm retiring them. And maybe I'll bring back the spooky letters for special occasions and things and giveaways that I want to do in the future. So yeah, they are not going to go, they'll just be transferred to something else and there will still be rewards that are worth it. I'm going to be starting a new $3 tier because, um, I'm going to basically kind of transition it. So the $1 tier is just the ad free free ad. <laughs> I'm having a lot of issues talking tonight. I apologize. The $1 tier will be ad free episodes and any the three dollars and up will be various versions of the bonus episode. So, again, if that that was probably confusing. Basically, if you eventually in the future the one dollar tier will just be for access to the ad free episodes, and then everything three dollars and up will be access to the bonus episodes. Basically, um, so yeah, and I I feel like that's that's pretty fair. I I think I'm just trying to figure out ways to pay my bills and make it fair for all of you. So I promise I'm not trying to pull anything or be weird. Um, (laughs) I really, I don't make that much money on Patreon at all. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to become, do something shady to 
uh, run off into the sunset with all of your money or anything. I'm just trying to figure it out. Uh, I've, again, I've had a lot of talks with fellow people who, fellow creators who use Patreon, and their system's really confusing, and the taxes are weird when it comes to different um, nationalities and different uh, currencies. Um, it's weird, and when it comes, not that different currencies are weird, that it's just that Patreon process the, processes them in a weird way. And then on top of that, Patreon takes a cut as well. So it's just trying to figure out how to best, you know, make it worth our time and your money. My time, your money, if that makes sense. Okay, I think this is this was good. And I'm glad I got that out there. I've been kind of nervous about putting that out about the reworking of Patreon. And I think that's good. I think I feel good about it. And I think you'll feel good about it out there. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't, uh, if you didn't know about Patreon, you'll, you know, now, yeah, right now, if you join, even at the $1 tier, you get access to bonus episodes and, um, ad free episodes again, going forward, starting, I don't have an exact date yet. It will just be, uh, the ad free episodes and some older bonus episodes though. Cause I don't feel like going back and reworking all the tiers. So we still have some bonus episodes back there that'll still be available. So yeah, that'll be good. And it'll help me, again, free up some time and efforts to do some extra stuff once I'm done with this uh, project that I'm working on for a different show, then I will have much more time to commit to making bonuses. I really want to start making more videos on YouTube. I'm almost at a point where I can monetize. You have to have 4,000 viewing hours and I'm almost there. I think I'm like 900 hours away and I know 900 hours is a lot of hours, but it's a lot closer to 4,000 hours than nothing, you know? (laughs) So I'm very grateful to all of you who have been using YouTube to listen to the show or watch uh, the video I have up there or some of the bonus videos that I've put on Patreon, one of them being a little update from Dallas and the other one being a a tour of the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Okay, I think I'm done talking now. I talked a lot about Patreon. It's been taking over my life a lot lately. I'm in the ambassador program now, so I've been going to a lot of Patreon meetings. Okay, I'm sick of saying the word Patreon. All right, everyone, I'm going to go and uh, work on something else. Yep. Okay. I love you. Thank you again for reassuring me to not be so freaked out about last week. Um, I really, really appreciate it. I couldn't ask for a better audience. I see the audiences of some other shows and they're not as nice and you're amazing. So that's really awesome. And I appreciate it. Okay. I'm going to go. You're going to go. Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams. <laughs>